Hey guys, Michael here with WeddingVideographySchool.com. Hope you guys are having a great day. I know I am. Thank you for listening to the show. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to listen to me talk. Um, Although you won't really hear me talk too much in this episode, which is a good thing, uh, because we have wedding videographer Tad Salee on the show. He's a he's a wedding videographer out of Tucson, Arizona, and uh, he took some time to hang out with us and tell us a little bit about himself and how he got started in wedding videography. And um, we just had a really great discussion. So, uh, but anyway, I wanted to say thank you. Uh, for listening. Every time you guys listen to the show, it really helps out the show. And if you guys haven't left a rating or a review on iTunes, please do so. It really helps us out. And, uh, you know, my goal is really to uh, reach as many wedding videographers as I can with this podcast and with these interviews that we're doing. Um, I, I think there's some really valuable information that can help everybody. And if we all just kind of come together as colleagues, um, not as competition, but as colleagues, uh, we can all provide each other with a lot of help and uh, give each other a lot of value. So uh, make sure you share this podcast with all the videographers that you know, and uh, I, I'm sure they'll appreciate it, and I appreciate it as well. Um, I'm also looking for some guests to be on the show, right? So if you're a wedding videographer who's killing it, um, and just in some way, just shoot me a message at Michael at WeddingVideographySchool.com. Let me know what you're up to and, uh, yeah, might have you on the show to talk about your experiences, talk about, you know, where you come from and, uh, where, how you've gotten to where you're at. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about some tips that you can share with everybody, all that good kind of stuff. So hit me up if you're interested. And uh, last thing before we jump into this interview with Tad, I wanted to remind you that the Immerse Retreat with Adam Bradley and Friends, uh, (laughs) that's what I'm going to call it now. Adam Bradley and friends. Uh, this immersory retreat is going to be here in Colorado, July 19th through the 22nd. Uh, you can hit up immerseretreat.com for more information there. But I really think that some of you guys out there listening know that you need to be around other wedding videographers. You know that you can come to a retreat like this and learn and you just haven't pulled the trigger. And I urge you to do so. Uh, a couple episodes ago, I talked about getting out and just doing something that you need to do to take that next step to further your career, uh, further your business. And for some of you, this is the thing that you need to do. So uh, go ahead, head over to immersetreat.com and get signed up. I'm going to make a guest appearance. Um, I don't think I'll be really talking or anything, which (laughs) uh, is probably good news for a lot of you. Uh, You hear my voice enough, but uh, yeah, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a great weekend. So without further ado, I want to introduce Tad Salee. He is the uh, lead videographer at Omega Films, but he's actually kind of in a transition here and he's uh, starting his own wedding videography uh, company called TS Cinema. So you can check him out. But what do you say? Maybe I should shut up now and uh, we'll just get into the interview. Hey, Tad, how's it going, buddy? Thanks for coming on the show today. Hey, Michael. Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. So um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us uh, about a little bit about Omega Films and TS Cinema and what you got going on there and uh, a little bit of your background. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, 
I started uh, doing films pretty much when I was young, you know, doing the whole camera with my brother in the backyard and uh, ended up going to college for it, got a degree in it. And when I was in college, I decided, well, I want to make a little bit of money because I was working at Target at the time. And I'm thinking, well, this isn't going to be substantial enough for me. So ended up putting an ad out on Craigslist and getting a couple weddings. And now here we are like five years later. Um, I've done probably about 100 weddings between second shooting and leading over the course of those five years. And it's been it's been pretty great. It's been exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> it's funny. You said you got started on Craigslist, which is actually kind of <laughs> kind of uh, a part of my story on how I got started. What What did your Craigslist ad say? Do you remember? You know, it was probably something like I definitely geared towards the the affordability. And that was kind of what I targeted. So I was doing weddings for like five, 600 bucks. And I was doing, you know, all of the work traveling to Phoenix cause I'm in Tucson. So I was traveling, you know, two hours away to pretty much shoot these weddings. Um, cause for some reason that's where my clientele was and editing it all, delivering them like a ceremony and a highlight film for like five, 600 bucks. <laughs> uh, but then again, you know, I was starting out. So right back then I thought that was a lot of money. Yeah. Absolutely. And I, you know, I always tell people like when you're starting out, you want to go after the people that need a bargain, right? You need, you want to go after those people. You, you don't want to get in over your head. Um, I think a lot of people want to just shoot for the stars right from the beginning. Um, mm. and I like that from like kind of a motivational point of view, but in terms of like reality and what, what you really want to do, I think most people should just definitely start kind of at a lower price point. Um, just, I, I, there's less pressure, I think. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, so yeah, I think that's, uh, <laughs> it's a very common way for people to get into weddings. And I, I think there's really no excuse for people not being able to get, uh, their first few weddings through, through a site like Craigslist. Um, right. so after no, it was great. Yeah. So after that kind of tell me a little bit more about, um, you know, how you, how you started your career and, uh, where you are now. Sure. Yeah. I, uh, well, um, after college I was really deciding kind of where I was going to gear towards since I, I wanted to work more in the professional realm of like commercial work and, uh, getting into like, um, actual films. Um, so I would work and and, uh, work as a PA and pretty much do anything I could. So I learned, um, how to, to grip, how to gaff, how to uh, be an AC and an AD, and then I started producing some projects. So I've I've done a couple westerns here in here in the Southwest, which has been a lot of fun. And then I even got into the acting side of things, where um, I did a couple films, um, again westerns, where I would uh, where I would um, play as these characters who were who were kind of weird. And that's what kind of led me into into wedding films. Is it allowed me to kind of have another creative outlet and right after college, I was thinking, okay, well, maybe I could gear towards this. And uh, a guy that I had met, actually, it was like a referral based. Um, he said, hey, listen, I know this guy. He needs a second shooter. Started second shooting for him, learned a lot, and then just kind of grew into where I am today. Um, and then again, after shooting with him, other people would come out to me and be like, hey, could you shoot for me? And then, hey, could you shoot for me? And then eventually, we just kind of started our own own little business. 
Cool. What? So when you were going to college, what, what was your degree in or what were you studying at the time? Yeah. So I, uh, I knew pretty much straight out of the, off the bat that I wanted to go into film. Um, so I got a, a degree in film and television and, uh, I pretty much didn't know, you know, where I was going to go. I, originally, I thought, okay, well, I'm going to go to L.A. like everybody else does. But um, since the market wasn't as saturated out here, I decided to stick out here and give it a shot. Yeah, I don't think of uh, the Southwest as really like a or film and television kind of place. No, definitely not. Well, right now it's 105 degrees out, so that's probably a, a, um, a big reason why. Um but another reason why we have a lot of Westerns and, uh, I can only do so many Westerns, Michael. So <laughs> that's why I decided to try to try to get out of that and, uh, pursue something that's, um, that obviously pays a little bit better and something that uh, I'm passionate about. And again, is a little bit more of a creative outlet for me. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. So, um, what's kind of your approach to your wedding videos? Like what's, um, when you're shooting a wedding video, what are the things that you're looking for maybe in your clients or, um, in, you know, the way that you shoot all that kind of stuff? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think my approach is I really like to, to kind of go in clean. And what I mean by that is I'm not doing a ton of fancy stuff and I'm not talking about like, uh, like not doing drone or gimbal stuff, but like trying to keep our films um, a little bit more like professional looking and uh, just cleaner looking. Um, try not not to add so much warp stabilizer to all of my shots. <laughs> uh, but for the most part, um, pretty much just, just kind of going in with uh, two cameras each wedding and uh, getting obviously as much coverage as we can. Um, and then we do offer, you know, drone and gimbal stuff. Um, but, but for the most part, I think kind of the way that I like to go about it is definitely keen on the emotional side. So when I'm editing, a, excuse me, when I'm editing a film, I like to, to really hone in on, um, the, the, the biggest, uh, emotional impact that I can possibly provide when the clients are watching the film, if that makes any sense. So picking out the toasts and picking out the vows that are the most emotional and then throwing them in there and putting, you know, really beautiful music to it. Um, and then we also do something where I like to call it our cinematic moments. So that's outside of the photographer, you know, typically after the ceremony for about 15 minutes, we're getting like footage of the couple that are being all cutesy and, and laughing and kissing and stuff like that. So I really like to, to have an, a heavy emphasis on that in the video as well. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, um, you said something interesting about the toast. When when you're picking out toasts and stuff for your videos, do you ever feel um, pressure to use toasts from everyone who spoke? Um. Yeah. You know, actually, I was just finishing up an edit this week, and it's funny you mention that because there were two really good toasts, but the third one just wasn't that great it it was short and sweet and you could tell she was nervous and there was not a lot that i could pick from it but i knew that that was the sister of the bride so i should probably use her um ended up finding another clip from the father of the bride and uh, it just worked so much better and now i'm delivering the ceremony film the reception film and the highlight film 
since her toast was only like 30 seconds long, I, I didn't feel quite as guilty, but typically I will try to include that in the highlight film. I'll try to include all, all three or four, even five of the toasts. And that's a lot of toasts, but I'll just include, you know, very short snippets. Gotcha. But just for the highlight film, it just seemed a little bit better when I was using that, that the, the better parts of the toast. Um, and then if they do have an issue with it, I don't mind, of course, um, giving them a re-edit with um, the, the, the sister of the bride in case there are any issues. But just from like a cinematic standpoint, I just thought it played out a little bit better. Yeah, that's something I struggle with a lot is just feeling that pressure of like, like if it were just like for me, it's like I just want to use whatever sounded good. Right. Mm. But then I kind of think to myself, well, if I don't use, you know, like in your case, the sister or something like that, that I know is super important to the bride, but her toast wasn't that great. Then I'm like, oh, I feel like they're going to make me re-edit this. Sure. Um, so I, I never really know. I'm kind of like, do I do I just try to include everybody, which I, I usually do, but. Or do I just go for the stuff that sounds really good? Like the artist side of me is like, obviously you just go for what sounds really good um, and leave everything else out. But um, right. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's definitely a fine line to, to ride. Cause it's like, wow, you know, you want to appease the client, but you also want this to be, you know, the best work that you can possibly provide. So it's always like, you know, kind of what, do, what do I do? And, and um, what's the client going to, going to like best is usually what I always try to lean on. Yeah. Uh, and I always feel like, I, I, I don't know. I'm always nervous. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings too. <laughs> uh, right. <laughs> you know, that bridesmaid that was so nervous and got up and did her thing. And then she's not in the video and maybe she doesn't want to be, I, I, that's probably more realistic, but uh, I'm always worried. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings or something. So, right. um, yeah. So a little bit more about your approach. Uh, what are, what's kind of like your, do you have like a, how would you define your style and how would you maybe define, um, you know, the things, maybe list a couple of things that you really like, I don't know. I feel like I definitely have a couple things that I'm known for. One of which is not really shooting. Like you said, like kind of that romantic kind of stuff that's a little bit mm -hmm. staged. Um, sure. But right, uh, yeah, because I've listened to your show before and, and, and I've noticed you've said that and, and um it's it's very interesting the videographers I've talked to and how they their different approaches for that goes because for me that's just like my filler stuff. Um but no, I can completely understand why you wouldn't want it. Um it's just kind of the style that I was always um told to do, so I just stuck with it. Um but but I'm curious as to and I'm sorry I'm kind of deterring you away from your question. Um, your, your reasoning as to why, um, you kind of try to stay away, uh, stray away from those. Um, yeah, I, I mean, for me and I, I don't care if other people do, it doesn't bother me when I watch it in other videos and I've seen it done really well in other videos too. So I'm not hating on it. I just, uh, I think it's a twofold reason for me. One is, and both of them, I guess are kind of selfish reasons. One is uh, typically if I do shoot that stuff, I'd find myself running around all day. Um, and for me, cocktail hour, which is usually the time where people go out and shoot that, um, kind of stage stuff. Um, I like to get shots of guests like laughing and, and drinking and chatting and stuff. Um, 
I feel like that's a great time to kind of show some of the people that attended the event. Um, but it's also a kind of a time for me to kind of regroup. Um, cause I've basically been going nonstop since the morning until the end of the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So it's, I, I just like to use that time to regroup and go talk with the DJ, get all my audio stuff set up, shoot that cocktail hour, uh, get some evening drone shots, that kind of stuff. And, I feel like if I'm out shooting that stuff, it's a rush. It's, it's, it's always a rush back to uh, the reception and it's mm-hmm. just kind of nonstop that way for me. And so I kind of like that time to decompress a little bit and get reorganized and um, wander off for 15 minutes by myself with the drone or whatever. Um, and I, the other thing too, is I don't feel like I'm very good at posing people. Um, yeah. I, I, I do it and I've done it and I do it when my clients ask me to. Um, but it's always the same thing. Like I don't have new ideas for that kind of thing. Um, and I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's some couples too, where it's like, you try to do that kind of stuff and they're just so awkward and weird. And then, <laughs> then I feel like, Oh man, I wasted a bunch of time doing this when I could have been doing those other things. Cause I, now I know I'm not going to use this. And maybe it's my fault, right? Maybe it's maybe I didn't direct them well enough, but I think that's kind of why why I, I, I tend to just kind of stray away from it. And the last thing, oh, there's this, I guess there's a bunch of reasons that I hadn't really thought of, but it doesn't <laughs> like feel like supernatural to me um, when I'm watching the video. So I always want my videos to kind of um, feel very like real. Um, and... I've just noticed that when I do it, sometimes it doesn't feel all that real. Like it's like, Oh, he obviously told them to walk through this field <laughs> sort of a thing. Right. So, uh, yeah. That's, that's just kind of how I feel about it. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I completely understand. Yeah. Posing, posing couples can sometimes be kind of difficult, especially if you have a, a, a groom who maybe, you know, doesn't really know what to do or keeps making eye contact with the camera and you're like, Oh no, you know, Pay attention to her. <laughs> so, yeah, I can definitely be tough. And then you're always in the rush to to get back to the to the reception. And then obviously giving the photographer enough time to get their shots done uh, done as well. So it's always yeah. like you know it's a battle against the clock. Um, and then you know if you don't get those shots, then it's like okay, well I guess it's gonna look kind of kind of awkward. But um, but uh, no, that that's uh, that's interesting to to hear because because. Uh, um, I mean, we all have our own different approach and, and I can completely understand where you're coming from. Yeah. And I, yeah, I mean, I've seen people do it really well. So again, I'm not hating on it. I, you know, people like Steelhead Cinema and Adam Bradley for, with Oflatus and some of those guys I've talked about probably too much. Uh, they're, they're all really good at that kind of stuff. And I, I just don't feel like it's a strength. And so it's not a strength of mine. So it's either I need to make it a strength of mine and spend a bunch of time practicing that or um i need to just get rid of it for me for right now so um mm-hmm. we'll see i you know people make fun of me all the time cuz uh <laughs> cuz of that but uh, the hardest the hardest part is like when the photographer comes back from that session and they're like you weren't there and i'm like yeah i don't usually do that and then i get nervous and i'm like why was was the client wondering why i wasn't oh, there sure <laughs> cuz usually i go over that with them before and um, most of my clients don't care that I, I don't do it. So, um, 
Well, let's talk about your clients. Let's talk about like what what are the clients that you you like? Do you have um, a specific type of client you like to work with? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. Um, so, uh, you know, I do, and I like to tell all of my clients. Well, I guess really four things um, when I first initially meet them. Um, and uh, the, the the first one is that they're going to have either an efficient or um, a priest that kind of knows them so can, they can tell them a, a story uh, to everybody during the ceremony. Um, you know, just something kind of quirky and, and silly, kind of lighthearted or, or a really emotional, powerful story, like maybe the engagement story or how the, they first met. Because that, that stuff for me is just, it's just great for video. Um, and then second is that they're going to have really kick-ass vows. Uh, or have their own notes or something that they can, you know, either pre-record or we can record on the day saying, you know, something like, I love you or just something um, about each other that I can work with just in case. Um, and then third is is my cinematic shots. So those shots that we were just talking about that I like to get. So I, I like to pre-warn all of my clients beforehand that I am going to be getting those shots because that's like my filler. Um and then sometimes they're okay with it. Sometimes they're not. Like um, how I how I had met you is I reached out to you for uh, a, a videographer in Colorado for a wedding I have in August, and um, the couple isn't wanting those cinematic shots. So I'm like thinking, okay, well, what am I going to use instead? Um, but uh, outside of that, um, my fourth thing is that uh, that you know they're going to also want me at their wedding. So that's why I like to meet with them. Um, that way I'm not just some random guy with a camera that I'm also a friend, somebody that they can trust. Cause that's something that I've noticed and something I've actually heard from your show before is, is, you know, you're definitely going to want, want to make sure that the bride and the groom wants you at their wedding. Cause it's their most special day. So those are kind of the, the four things that I'm really looking for in a client. Um, everything else I can, I can pretty much work with them on. I'm pretty, uh, pretty easy going. I like to, but definitely I like to be friends with my clients usually prior to uh, me showing up on their wedding day. Sure. Uh, the clients that you're getting now, are you still getting those clients through Craigslist or have you moved on to uh, <laughs> maybe another avenue for booking? Sure. Um, a lot of it uh, right now has actually been referral-based, which has been great. Um, so I'm relying on Google, uh, um, other clients referring me to other clients, and then actually Facebook has been really awesome lately. I'm, I'm getting a lot of people on Facebook reaching out to me being like, hey, listen, I see you do wedding films. Um, I'm getting married then in this day and, and here's some details. And uh, uh, also Instagram has been been pretty good as well because I'm, I'm pretty regularly posting on Instagram, not only wedding stuff, but also photo stuff because I do I dabble in a little bit of photography. So um, getting a little bit of clients that way is also pretty cool. I, I would never really have expected to be getting clients from Instagram, but um, it's it's just another great uh, social media tool that I've discovered. And uh, I'm, I'm using it probably even more than Facebook now. Yeah. So what what's like a tip that you have for me? Because I'm just kind of starting to do some Instagram stuff for, for my business. And are, are there specific tags or anything that seem to work really well? Or maybe I'm, maybe I'm way off base there, but uh, <laughs> what, do you have any like Instagram strategies that have worked for you? 
Um, well, I don't have a hefty Instagram following, so I can't give you all the good details. I can just tell you in my experience. Um, hashtags are, of course, important. Uh, something that I found is uh, your, uh, I think it's the stories, because um, I used to be a Snapchatter, and then I, I transferred over into the Instagram stories. Um, wow, that made me sound like such a like a millennial. I used to be a Snapchatter. <laughs> yeah, um, it sounded a little, little bit like a like a fifteen year old, <laughs> like uh, a fifteen year old thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, Instagram Stories is a is a is a really cool um, tool to use. You know, just to kind of show people who are following you that uh, um, what you're up to, what you're doing, shoots that you're on. Um, that way, people think, oh, well, this guy's busy. He's obviously he must be creating good work. So maybe I should reach out to him. Um, and I was doing this thing called like, uh, Insta vlogs. So I would, uh, I would actually like shoot on a Canon, these vlogs, and then I would edit them in, in like a vertical mode, um, in a, a vertical, uh, 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 not landscape mode, um, just on Adobe and then export it, send it to my phone and upload it to Instagram. <laughs> so it was, it was a, a hefty amount of work, and um, I should re-upload them, but um, that actually got me some clients who were reaching out to me being like, hey, listen, we saw you did this, um, not only for weddings, but also um, <laughs> music videos, uh, commercial work, um, and even some real estate stuff, because I've been dabbling in that as well. So in the vlogs, what are you doing exactly? Like, what does that entail? Um, that's funny you mentioned it. I would actually vlog when I was doing weddings. So when I was filming weddings, um, so last year I went, I had, uh, the lucky opportunity to go to Chicago and then went to New York. So I was vlogging pretty much the entire time, the entire couple of days that I was there and then uploading them to Instagram. <laughs> and it, uh, it was pretty cool. It was, it was a lot of fun. And, um, I typically don't like to, to, you know, have distractions on the wedding day, but since I've done so many weddings, I feel like I know the, 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 the good times to maybe bring out my phone and start filming. Um, obviously not during the important parts like the ceremony or, uh, you know, the first dance, but, um, just during break times, uh, and then maybe giving people a little bit more of an idea, kind of how I shoot stuff and, and, and just letting them see my workflow. Yeah. Yeah. So you're just kind of like showing people like what it is that you're doing. Is that kind of, is, is that kind of what you're shooting? Like you're pointing the camera at yourself and you're saying, Hey guys, I'm Tad. I'm out here at this wedding and right now I'm blah, blah, blah. Or is it something different than that? Um, well I kind of, I do a little mix of both. So, um, I would, yeah, maybe introduce the vlog and then I'd kind of make them more like a, like a highlight type day where I put it to some cool music and then do a cool transitions. Um, that way I wasn't really, you know, distracting anybody on the wedding day, you know, that way I'm not like talking. Cause I know that I've seen some, some like YouTubers, um, actually vlog during weddings pretty, pretty heavily. Um, so I try to keep it as minimal as possible, but just to kind of let people know what I'm doing and that, um, I'm available to, uh, to, to, to shoot if, if you want to reach out to me. Cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I hope that kind of answered your question. <laughs> I yeah. kind of took a little verge off of that as well. Um, yeah, Instagram is a is a great tool. I've 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 really liked it so far. So um, yeah, so still just, trying to grow. Just to recap, 
uh, like Facebook, Instagram, and uh, Google and referrals are kind of, um, and when you say Google, I'm, I assume you just mean like, uh, like in your search rankings or something like that. Yeah. Just organic mm-hmm. search. People are looking for you, uh, or yeah. looking for a videographer and they stumble across you. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, no Craigslist as of yet. <laughs> okay, cool. Not, not yet. Right yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, well, perfect, man. So tell me a little bit of you. Well, you mentioned Canon. I'm a Canon guy and I don't like to get too crazy into gear talk, but, uh, what, what, what's kind of some of your favorite equipment that you're using right now? Um, I know everybody loves talking about stabilizers right now and gimbals and stuff. Um, so that's kind of been what I've been asking people about. Um, what, what are you using or, and maybe we don't have to like go through a full breakdown of your equipment, but maybe kind of highlight maybe like your top three favorite pieces of equipment that you use right now. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, I'd say primarily right now is I'm using a uh, Zion Crane. Uh, I think it's a version two um, gimbal. Okay. And it's been pretty good. Yeah. No. And it uh, surprisingly does um, does pretty well as far as uh, Canon and Sony goes. I'm a um, primarily a Canon guy, so I stick mostly to Canons, um, just because I don't like to color grade too much different camera, too many different kind of camera footages um, or, or footage during a, during an edit. But um, uh, I love the gimbal so far. It's it's pretty cool. I try not to rely on it too heavily. I'm I'm using it, you know, a couple times during the day. Sometimes when I'm I'm booked as a second shooter, I'll have uh, other leads say, "Hey, listen, I just want you to use the gimbal the entire day." And to me, that's kind of interesting because it's you know I'm pretty much always moving. Um, and it's a great, it's a really cool tool. I love it. And then it really uh, uh, mixes well with you know, drone footage, um, other kind of moving footage. But, um, so yeah, I'd say my, my gimbal, my Zaya crane gimbal is really cool. Um, I actually want to maybe upgrade into like a, a Ronin or a, a Moby eventually as well, just cause I love, I love that, uh, that steady footage. Yeah. I'm and looking, then I'm looking forward to the Ronin S I, yeah, I don't know. They were saying last I heard it was kind of like a, maybe they might be shipping by June, um, sometime in late June or something, but, uh, we'll, we'll have to see what happens there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the Ronin is awesome. Yeah, I um definitely a, a big fan of DJI because I've had a couple of their drones and I've used a couple of their gimbals and it's just I mean, they're fun products, man. <laughs> yeah. So uh, what else? You were about to say something else and I kind of interrupted you there, but oh no, I was actually just gonna say yeah, my um <clears throat> another one of my uh, favorite um, pieces of equipment is my drone. I uh, have a Phantom Four Pro, and uh, it just adds such a an element of cinematic quality to, uh, to any, any film in general, or just, you know, just goofing around. Um, and, uh, so far I haven't had a ton of clients really wanting the drone footage. Um, but for our higher packages, um, usually they go for it just cause like I said, it just adds such a, a cool value to the film. Yeah. That's, that's crazy that you said that because no, like like that's the thing that everybody wants here where I'm at. Like everybody's always asking about the drone, sir. Are you charging? Are, are you charging extra for the drone? Yeah, yeah, we are, and it's it's not really um, a ton more. It's it's more or less just I don't know if people really, um, at least in my area, really know the the the, the um. Because we're we're really marketing it as like a 4K aerial footage, 
And, um, you know, 4K really isn't as well known. I mean, everybody knows about it, but most people don't have like 4K monitors or, you know, they're not really wanting to upgrade to that 4K because we also offer like a full-on 4K option where we can shoot your entire film in, in 4K. Um, but, but most people just maybe aren't really familiar with it or they don't have the monitors, like I said. Um, so maybe that's not why it's as popular, at least for us. Maybe marketing it a little differently would be good. But then again, you know, it's 105 degrees here. So I'm not too worried about not bringing the drone out because it's just so hot. Yeah. Um, I know the drone will handle it fine, but uh, I've had some scares before. Sure. Yeah, it's, man, I I hate, like, it gets, like, up to 90 degrees here in the summer, and that's nothing compared mm-hmm. to you, and I'm I'm miserable. So uh, <laughs> I don't know how you do it. Uh, what's, yeah, so let's talk a little bit about, um, and what camera are you using, by the way? I know yeah, you're a so I'm guy. Using, yeah, yeah, I'm using a mix between the, the, the 5D Mark III and uh, the Canon C100 line, so the C100 Mark um, one and two. Oh, cool. And I'm actually going to be hopefully upgrading to the C200 really soon because that's, uh, that's something I'm, I really got my eyes on. Yeah, I've heard good things about the C200. Um, mm-hmm. Heard some good things. Uh, I think my, my, my favorite – well, I, I, I told you when we first hopped on the call – a little bit earlier before we started the show that I just got the 5d mark four. So I'm a little behind, uh, there, but, um, so far it, it seems to be a pretty cool camera, but the one I really want is the one DX mark two. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's probably like maybe, maybe almost the perfect camera for weddings, but we'll, we'll yeah. see. Time will tell. Um, sure. what, what's kind of like the price range for videos down in the Southwest that you're seeing? um, from, from different people. That's a great question. And maybe, yeah, um, and maybe you can tell us like what, maybe what it seems like clients, most clients want to pay. Um, well, you know, I would say probably within a mix of, of all of the, all the videographers that I know here in town, including, um, including us really between the two K and the three K market. Um, sometimes a little higher. We, we, some people that I know actually try to, to include like a photography and video package so it can go up to four, four K. Um, but I don't know if that's just because I'm in the, the, the Southwest, obviously photography's, um, is super crucial and pretty much everybody's going to have a photographer at their wedding. So that's, that's the thing that they're mostly going to go towards. Um, but we have some amazing venues here in town. So, um, we're lucky enough to be getting some of those high paying clients who do come from out of town who want their film here because it's such a unique environment to get married in aside from it being really hot. <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got uh, gorgeous landscapes, gorgeous views, and it's really uh, kind of a, a one of a kind experience here in Tucson and uh, in the Southwest. Um, so that's kind of just a general price range that we've found works. Um, and, uh, Eventually we'll, you know, maybe raise our prices and maybe I'll raise my prices. But for right now, it's just kind of a, a comfortable, affordable price range we're, we're happy at. What do you think? Um, are there any like tips or like strategies that you think work really well for you um, that you can give to people maybe that are just getting started? Um, and it, it could be really about any any part of the business. Um, anything that you think maybe new videographers overlook or, um, should know when they're, when they're starting their business. 
Um, you put me on the spot there. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Sometimes I like to surprise people with like crazy, <laughs> like sure. insanely hard questions like, like that. But, um, you know, I like, I'll give you kind of an example and get you warmed up here, but cause that was kind of unfair. Um, you know, for me, I, I always tell people, um, and if people that have listened to the show know that I'm a huge proponent of hard work. Hard work is when you're starting a business, like you have to be willing to just really go for it and put in a lot of hours. And, um, I think that's something that maybe not a lot of people, um, really realize, you know, they think, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to work for myself and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And it's going to be great. And it's going to be easier than the job that I have now. Mm -hmm. Um, but, and I think in some ways it is like, I definitely have way more flexibility than I ever did in my career. Um, but in some ways, you know, it's, it's a lot harder and it takes a lot more commitment. So that's kind of something that I, I tell people, but, um, you know, that's kind of more of like a, a conceptual kind of advice. Um, so I don't, I don't know if there's anything that, that you would tell like a new videographer, um, you know, about, about the business or what to expect or some things to think about. Yeah, no, most definitely. I think kind of going off of what you said, um, being a hard worker is definitely really keen because I see, you know, too many bad wedding films and I'm just thinking, you know, just put in a little bit more time, a little bit more effort, um, just to make it a little bit cleaner. I'd say probably the thing kind of going off of what you're what you said is really know your clients and, um, kind of not only their relationship, but them on a personal level. That way you'll kind of know them, um, a little bit better. And as far as kind of what they're looking for, for an edit, obviously, obviously if they're coming to you, uh, they already kind of know your style. So they expect something similar to that. But, um, sometimes I'll try to, to gear my song a little bit differently, um, pertaining to a different, you know, to, to a specific couple. Um, but, uh, and also a big thing is, is, for a new videographer, you know, maybe just starting out is, is really know, um, what happens during <laughs> a wedding and that mistakes will happen that you'll have to, you know, um, find some coverage somehow to fill a, a time slot. Uh, uh, back in December, I had a, um, a bride who got food poisoning and she was pretty much like throwing up the whole day. Um, so it made getting oh, really no. clean shots really tough. And I didn't get a whole lot of stuff. So I was thinking, okay, well maybe she'll be better after the ceremony. We can work from there and ended up, she had to go to the ER right after the ceremony and her and her new um, husband <laughs> both left. So they left this whole reception party of like 200 people <laughs> alone without a bride and groom. Um, so I was thinking, okay, well how do I make this, you know, actually feasible what can I do and ended up coordinating with the DJ like okay well it's also the bride's parents anniversary let's go ahead and do the rest of the events for them so we had them do the first dance we had them cut the cake we had them make some speeches you know and then somebody was facetiming the bride while she was you know getting her stomach pumped in the in the hospital <laughs> um <laughs> but it, it was just kind of working around that and, and coordinating with people around you in case something happens. Cause I don't know if you've had issues like that before, but 
I've also been stuck um, up on a mountain with a bride and groom while somebody forgot their keys and we're waiting for two hours for somebody to come get us. Um, (laughs) So it's just kind of, yeah, it's just kind of uh, expecting that the things like that can happen and that, you know, eventually the client's still going to want a product because that's what you promised and then just coordinating with them and saying, okay, well, listen, this is what happened. This is what I can deliver. And most times if, if you're, if you're going to be cordial with them and work with them, they're going to be happy. Yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. You know, I will say food poisoning is like the one thing that I fear the most before any mm-hmm. wedding. Like I try to be really careful about the things that I eat um, <laughs> before a wedding because uh, I actually had food poisoning this year and it happened like a couple of days before a wedding that I was supposed to shoot. And luckily, you know, oh, no. I was good enough to go for the wedding, but don't eat anything new before your big day. Cause you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. 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 I, I hear pizza is pretty safe cause they have to cook it to like a, bake it to like a certain temperature, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll, we'll wrap this up here. It's been awesome talking to you, but before we do, um, uh, I got, well, one more question for you and then you can tell everybody where they can find you on Instagram and all that kind of social media and stuff. Um, what do you think is the difference between those who succeed in this industry and those who fail, give up or never get started? Sure. That's a great question. Uh, I'd say hard work, um, actually putting in time and maybe you're going to get a couple sleepless nights of working on an edit for a week. Uh, just putting in that time and making sure it looks good before you deliver it to a client. And I think that's going to make you stand out and, uh, actually maybe, um, uh, learning from other videographers as well and learning from their mistakes and learning from your mistakes. Cause indubitably, indubitably we all make mistakes and, um, learning from those is key. I know I sure have and, uh, learning from them definitely has really helped me. So make mistakes and then learn from them. Yeah. And I'll add a little bit to that cause I always do, but, um, I think that, you know, probably one for me, one of the things that I've noticed is, um, you have to be patient. Like, you know, you have your Mina Sohees of the world who can go out and book 25 weddings in her first year. And we had her on the show a couple episodes ago, but for the most part, most people, you know, I've spent eight years building my business. Right. And, I know people who think even some of my friends who have been around me for a while are like, yeah, man, but you're successful and you don't get what I'm going through and you don't understand. And it's like, they think like they, people tend to have this like feeling that you just were an overnight success and there's almost no overnight successes out there. Um, everybody who's successful has worked for a long time and just wasn't, they, they weren't noticed when they were working, you know, for all that time. My favorite story yeah. is like Justin Bieber, which is maybe an odd kind of example, but everybody was like, I remember when Justin Bieber like first was like on the radio and I was like, who is this? And then everybody was talking about Justin Bieber. I, I'm sure you remember that. And, yeah. um, in a, and everybody, like all the news magazines were calling him like an overnight success, overnight success. Over, and it was like, but you like read about his story. It wasn't at all like an overnight success, you know, like he was doing the world's crappiest gigs 
for mm-hmm. like years, you know, and he was doing it ever since like he was a little kid. I mean, there's footage of him playing at like water parks or something. Like yeah. <laughs> I can't imagine, like that seems like, like that seems just really embarrassing. Like, I don't think I'd ever, if you were like, Hey man, do you want to be a really awesome musician? I'd be like, sure. And then they're like, go play this water park. And I'd be like, Oh, <laughs> that sounds like kind of embarrassing, you know? Um, right. Playing for a bunch of like, dads and daughters and their swim trunks like that doesn't sound like super cool uh so yeah i think i think people have to learn to be patient too like you're not Mm. gonna learn everything overnight and you're not gonna just become incredible overnight it it takes time you know things take time and i think we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be successful right off the bat and uh i don't know that that necessarily happens so yeah. Hey, yeah, man. No, Thank, thanks so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Awesome. Well, first off, I wanted to say thank you so much for having me on the show, Michael. It's been a pleasure. I've been a fan for a little while and uh, really liking what you're doing, man. Keep it up. Um, people can find me at my, uh, I'll just keep it simple. Just follow me on my Instagram at uh, Tad Salee. And you can see all my content on there. I constantly update it with my, my um, photography stuff, my wedding stuff. And you can kind of get a glimpse of my everyday life on there um but yeah yeah I, i'm so happy that we got the chance to do this michael yeah we'll uh we'll have to do part two soon man thanks so much for Sweet. coming on yeah of course all right guys that was my interview with tad salee i hope you enjoyed it hopefully you found something valuable within that interview And uh, until next time, take care.